0: The first thing I want you to know is that the electric grid has a sound. It's not very pretty, but here, listen. Hear that hum? It's so low it helps if you crank your bass way up. This is the sound of 60 hertz. It's the frequency that electricity runs on transmission
1: lines. It's like a heartbeat on the grid. It's 60 60 cycles per second. So it's like 60 beats per second. And this is Warren Lasher. I met him at the headquarters for the Electric
0: Reliability Council of Texas. They call it ERCOT. It's the group that manages the grid here. Lasher is the planning director. He says ERCOT's main job, really, is to keep that beat going. Like
1: a percussionist. It's a drummer. It's um, uh, uh, Led Zeppelin. Come on, help me here. Oh, geez. Help uh, me. Uh.
0: That's a little nicer than that humming sound, isn't it?
1: The drummer, drummer for from Led, Led Zeppelin.
0: Bonham. John Bonham. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. John yeah. Bonham. He says, just like legendary drummer John Bonham, if Urquhart doesn't keep the beat, bad things happen. But to keep it steady requires that all the electricity going on the grid equals the amount
1: that is coming off the grid. It's a balancing act. That's one of the real focuses of what goes on here is making sure that the power plants are producing every second of the day. They're producing exactly the same amount of power as what the customers are using. That's kind of difficult more power goes on than people use... That rhythm of the grid will start speeding up.
0: It might sound good when Led Zeppelin did it, but that change in speed can damage power plants, transmission lines, and factories. Worst case scenario, it can cause a grid-wide blackout. It's very quiet. This is me standing in the ERCOT control room. It's staffed 24 hours a day by people trying to make sure something like that grid-wide blackout never happens. To me, it looks a lot like mission control at NASA. A lot of people here at desks, just surrounded by computer screens, and then up on the wall, they're facing a huge screen. I've visited it a couple times. The first time, they let me record this sound. The second time, they didn't. They said for security reasons. There are maps of Texas showing transmission lines, different counties with a, the pricing of energy in each place. It's kind of a clearinghouse where ERCOT takes bids from power generators, allowing the lowest cost electricity to get on the grid. That's how the balance between supply and demand is maintained in Texas. You see maps of the weather conditions. there's a generator operating people in this control room are monitoring and predicting expected supply and demand making sure that the beat stays constant and really because of the way the grid works here that speeding up we talked about is pretty unlikely it's the opposite that the control room spends more time worrying about people using more electricity than we have available so let's bring that beat back Warren Lasher says planning for that means focusing with great clarity on one day.
1: There's going to be a day. Right. We don't know when
0: it is. It is the hottest day of the year. The day when everyone in the state cranks up their AC and electricity demand is the highest it's going to get.
1: That's kind of our benchmark. Do we have enough generation resources to meet that customer demand? If they don't, the beat of the grid will start to
0: slow. Worst case scenario, again, grid-wide blackout. So here's what makes this summer different. To avoid grid failure, ERCOT wants enough power to meet demand with some extra in reserve, just in case. And this year, there's less of that extra just-in-case electricity than there ever has been before. In fact, there's less of it here in Texas than in any other grid in the country. That means grid operators are more likely to declare an emergency this summer than ever before. So what does that mean? You, in essence, have to reduce your customer demand. Okay, let's crank up that first sound again, the hum of the grid. If it's in danger of slowing, the people in the control room have options. They pay big industrial users to shut down. That can bring it back up. They issue calls for conservation to regular residential customers. But the last ditch thing they do is what you might know as rolling blackouts. Basically, they shut off the power in different parts of the state for small chunks of time.
1: Let's say they're at their house. What the customer will see is that their lights will go out for about 15 minutes, and then their lights will come back on again. All their power will be restored. What they won't see is that then the next neighborhood over has lost their power for 15 minutes. So in that way, it rotates
0: through the system. Keeping demand down and the beat steady. So I need to stress that this is unlikely. But if your power goes off some hot day this summer, it could be why. And if your power doesn't go out, in a weird way, that means something too. See, for years, Texas has been operating with less and less of that extra reserve just in case electricity I mentioned. So far we've made it through the summers all right and that's just one way that the grid has been changing. Technologies like battery storage, renewable energy, smart thermostats and meters all mean that pace of change is accelerating. Trick is to let that speed up without having the lights go out. Mose Mochelle, the thing I want you to keep in mind is how much is at stake. For landowners, winning these hearings is a matter of pride, but also a lot of money is on the line. K. Pence's hearing starts at 9 a.m. By the end of the day, millions will be won or lost, depending on how you look at it. So it's surprising how casual the whole thing feels. <laughs> It all happens in this little banquet room at a roadside motel. There's coffee and kolaches in the back. The townspeople come in to watch. They greet Kay Pence and her husband Charlie.
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: everyone knows everybody. It doesn't feel like a legal proceeding until you look to the front of the room. There, in one corner, three men sit at a fold-out plastic table. They're dressed in small-town Texas pressed Wranglers style. They're older... One of them has his cowboy hat set in front of him. These men are local people, too, but today they're also the most powerful people in this room. They're serving as special commissioners, kind of like a jury. They're volunteers who've been chosen by a judge to settle this dispute. And facing the commissioners, in the other corner, lawyers in suits lawyers for Kinder Morgan and lawyers for Kay Pence.
1: Do you affirm, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but
0: the truth today? do. But wait, before we get to the hearing, a few quick details. When Kay Pence got that call from Kinder Morgan, she says they offered her $45,000 for a three-acre slice of land to put the pipeline under. Her ranch is 105 acres, and it sounds kind of swanky. It's got an equestrian center, a vineyard. Kay and her husband believed the ranch to be worth for $4 million. They thought the company's offer was all wrong. They own that easement in perpetuity. They have access to it, they can sell it, they can change product, they can do all kinds of things. The Pences considered the pipelines impact on the price of the whole ranch and came up with a much larger number. This happens a lot in these cases. Pipeline companies want to pay just for the land they're going to use. Landowners want compensation for the damage to the whole place. Once that pipe is in the ground, we live with it forever. Their shareholders get quarterly dividends. We receive a one-time payment. So what do they want that payment to be? Like I said, Kinder Morgan offered around $45,000. The Pences wanted $1.8 So now, let's get back to the hearing. It starts with the lawyers. So a lawyer from Kinder Morgan tells commissioners what they're here to do and what they're here not to do. He wants them to know that this is not a referendum on the pipeline. This isn't even about eminent domain. He tells them they have just one job, and that is to come up with a number. Just compensation for the Pence's. The Pence's lawyer agrees, then starts his case. He shows how the pipeline will cut through the ranch. Even after it's buried, workers will be able to come in and out of the ranch forever. That hurts the value of the whole property.
1: Could you please uh, state your name for the record and introduce yourself to the commissioner, please, Nathan? My name is Nathan
0: Tony. Next come the appraisers. The one from Kinder Morgan explains the company's offer. The Pence's guy says how he got to his number. They're cross-examined. How,
1: how did you get that out of what I just said? Well, i just my wait,
0: wait. By now, there are about 40 people in the audience. And as the hours go by, they get a little more vocal, laughing and tisk tisking some of the testimony. I start to wonder, why are they here? <laughs> so during a break, I ask around. Kathy Shreenan says she's here to support the Pence's. She's against the pipeline. We all kind of have a dog in the fight. It's our community and it's our neighbors, and it affects everything. Same Shelly Wright. It's the Edwards Aquifer. It's the Trinity Aquifer. It's our rivers. And so this is just really heart-wrenching. And Kevin
1: Booth. That thing breaks. It's going to be a mushroom cloud.
0: Everybody I talk to is against the pipeline for all sorts of reasons. But they also think Kinder Morgan is seriously lowballing landowners.
1: These earrings and the way it's going hopefully are just Keep making that price tag go up, 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 up.
0: And that's what's been happening. In the last few months, Hill Country landowners have been rejecting the company's offers and winning sums vastly greater at the hearings. One landowner was offered $37,000 but awarded almost $1.8 million. In another case, an offer of $85,000 turned into $11 million. The people I talked to said the company has no sense of the true value of the land. These awards are evidence Kinder Morgan is trying to take advantage of people and that they're proof that the pipeline company has messed with the wrong small town. It's worth noting that the three people you just heard from had all volunteered to serve as special commissioners in other hearings.
1: I heard a rumor Kinder Morgan lawyers were complaining that they were being hometowned. So, you came to a small German community where everybody's known each other for 120 years, and you're surprised that they're all communicating with, with what's happening? Yeah, so you're being hometown.
0: I asked a rep from Kinder Morgan about this last part. He told me that he wasn't aware of any lawyer saying this, and the company respects the hearing process.
1: 30 second warning to the room. If you want to continue your conversation? If you're to...
0: By now, it's mid afternoon. People have been listening for hours, and it's finally time for the main event Kay Pence's testimony. But first, she needs to get everyone's attention.
1: Ah! Hey, 30 seconds, gonna start.
0: That does the trick.
1: I was a Girl Scout leader, I had to yell.
0: <laughs> so she sits down at a table between the lawyers and the commissioners and starts to tell her story.
1: My name is Kay Pence. This is a very difficult thing for any landowner to have to sit here and do. My name is Kay Pence. I live at 75...
0: And her testimony is different, more personal. She talks about her husband's poor health, how they wanted to sell the ranch to downsize. But since the pipeline was announced, one buyer walked away and no one else is interested. She explains the sum she wants is how much she thinks they'll need to drop the price. Thank you so much. And I pray to God, you are never sitting here and facing someone there deciding what the value of your property is. And that's it. The lawyers do closing statements. The commissioners head to a kitchen behind the room to settle on a number. People in the audience gather around the pences, shake hands, give hugs. When the commissioners come back, most people don't seem to notice. commissioners sign some papers... Shake hands with the lawyers and leave. No big announcement, no groans or cheers from the crowd, no public resolution at all. I find Kay Pence and ask how it went. It went okay. But she seems disappointed. Turns out the commissioners decided that a fair price for her land was $1.2 million. That's almost 27 times what the company offered. But it's also a lot less than the amount she asked for. wasn't what we would have liked, but it's OK. And it's not over. As long as Kinder Morgan puts this money in an account, something like an escrow account, it can continue building the pipeline while it appeals the award. So the whole thing could still end up at a jury trial. That means the Pence's could still be fighting the company over payment even after the pipeline is in the ground and running.